Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Navigating Business, a business podcast hosted by the U.S. Pan-Asian Chamber of Commerce through the Community Navigator Pilot Program, CMPP, of the Small Business Administration, or the SBA. I'm your host, Andrea Alger, CMPP Southeast Chapter Program Manager and one of the national spokes under U.S. TAC for CMPP. So wherever you are today joining us for this episode, we are about to delve into the minds of Asian Americans and other minority business owners who share their experiences, their backgrounds, their struggles, and their stories of success. As we strive to make a difference with one discussion at a time, we have the pleasure of our returning guest, Daniel Su, chairman of William Stephanie Foundation, a spoke of USPAC CMPP. Daniel, thank you for choosing to spend your precious time with us today. My pleasure, Andrew. In a previous episode, you shared plenty about your history with us, but if you don't mind indulging us a little bit of a refresher for some of our guests today that maybe haven't heard that podcast, but go back and catch that podcast with us, please. You are a first generation, and what's the story of how your family came to the U.S.? Maybe share some experiences about growing up, and you're currently residing in California. Have you always lived there? Actually, I'm a fourth-generation Chinese-American, and so my great-great-grandfather came over to the U.S. uh, to to build the uh, Self-Pacific Railroad. So uh, back in those times, the Chinese come back and forth, and the women weren't allowed to come here. So he eventually went back, and eventually my father was born in Hong Kong, and he, he immigrated to the U.S. and lived with his aunt and uncle in Chicago, and then uh, met my mother in Ohio. I, I was born in Ohio. The, um, my, my father was in defense industry, which a lot of um, Asian Americans were engineers because that was one of the higher paying careers that they were able to, to be a part of. And so then uh, we eventually moved to Southern California where I grew up uh, for the most part of my life. It's hard to to uh, leave the weather, so I'm still here and uh, just enjoying <laughs> enjoying our time here. That being said, my uh, professional career, I started um, working with a uh, law firm as a um, as the controller. Worked for a CPA firm. Uh, worked in finance. I I first um, was introduced to community development when. Um, I was asked to work uh, to help the victims of the um, the riots in '94, so the civil unrest. So I helped um, so many of the Asian clients uh, get their government funding, their SBA funding, um, because a lot of them they didn't understand the paperwork, the tax returns, uh, projections. Um, there were language issues. So uh, there, there's a crew of us uh, Asian folks helping the Asian community in Southern California. And fortunately, we were, we were able to help literally hundreds of, of small businesses from very small mom and pop to, to much larger businesses. So they helped them recover and, and uh, help guide them through the recovery period because you, you have the initial disaster. And then the second disaster is the economic one where the economy's dead and um, no one's buying your goods. And so what do we do? So we're, we're able to help uh, the folks in that um, to, to navigate their way out of that. I've been working on and off with uh, SBA for years, as well as um, 
um, under the U.S. Department of Commerce, MBDA, helping, um, I guess, medium and large-sized businesses. And so I guess community development um, by accident is my has been my career. And, and But I, I really enjoy helping small businesses and, and helping people who uh, otherwise might, might be lost and couldn't. It's very helpful to have guidance um, by people who know where to go and know how to help uh, those in need. Well, I think we can all say, we can all say that we're thankful for that accident that you ended up in this line of work to help these small businesses. Um, I met Daniel earlier this summer at one of our conferences, and I can attest to his passion for helping small businesses. Um, so, Daniel, I can also echo the uh, the lifestyle out there in California. No, nothing better than having that balance of work life and living in a place that you also love being in the environment. So thank you for sharing that um, and being personable with our listeners today. I'd like to tie it over to, you mentioned navigating, but we're a community navigator pilot program. And just explain to us how you got into the work of the community navigator pilot program with the SBA. Well, um, several years back, I was with uh, MBDA U.S. Department of Commerce and um, we uh, determined, or I determined, that a lot of our Asian communities were not being uh, properly served. They weren't aware of the different programs available uh, to the government, and, but also a lot of the agencies who were supposed to be reaching out to our, our communities, they weren't reaching out at all, and they actually couldn't be bothered. Um, the, the problem was there were language barriers, um, there's trust issues, um, they weren't meeting the right people. And many of you may know when you're doing government uh, contracts, a lot of it is um, goal-driven, number-driven. So we're, we're not the uh, easiest uh, communities to, to penetrate. Um, so a lot of the focus is, was being directed towards, um, for, for example, African-American and Hispanic. So. We set off on a quest. My actually, my wife and I started the foundation, and and we started to uh, make inroads into the various Asian communities, Southeast Asian communities, to uh, offer our services, um, help them with um, SBA programs, MBDA, um, and just even general business uh, issues. And so we we built a network of. Um, not only organizations, we work through uh, consulates and uh, foreign entities, and just to uh, promote the uh, Asian businesses and and show them uh, how uh, how to access uh, the different government programs and who who is even out there to help them. So um, that's how I became uh, involved with the community navigator program. Um, they needed people on the ground who could reach these hard to reach communities. And so it, it actually um, fit what we were doing already very, very comfortably. Thank you for that, Daniel. I can attest as a program manager in the Community Navigator Pilot Program, it is so important to have people out there on the ground doing this work and connecting to these small businesses. So thank you for really explaining that piece of the program to our audience because it is, it is essential so to tie it together with your background, which we've talked about, and the work that you're doing with the CMPP, you advocate strongly for the underserved and minorities, but so much work and effort is already dedicated to maintaining a small business. 
what would common types of disasters or emergencies that small businesses out there, what could they be preparing for in advance? Well, as many of you know, in California, um, although the the great weather and um, so forth, uh, and unfortunately comes with a lot of disasters. We have fires, earthquakes, civil unrest, um, and then, of course, the pandemic, um, which is one that everyone was not looking or was not even thinking about. So um, in dealing with all that, uh, there, there are certain common things which uh, businesses can do to prepare and, and what do you do after. But then again, there, there are very unique situations um, which you need to be aware of in, in specific kinds of disasters. Okay. And taking a little deeper dive into that, what would be essential strategies for small businesses that they should have on hand in preparation for this? Such as, I'm thinking about tangibles, things, supplies, different things, um, when we're looking at disasters or emergencies. Is there any feedback that you can give our audience on thoughts about um, tangible or intangible things that we could utilize to prepare? Sure. You know, in uh, regards to businesses in general, um, you always want to uh, protect and back up your data. Um, you want to try to diversify what you do in case, for example, if, if a disaster is localized versus um, statewide or national, because um, when you're in a disaster area, the local economy is pretty much shot for the next few years. And while it's rebuilding, you're not going to rebuild your income based on that drop in the, the economy. So um, that's one thing. But also, um, you really need to keep your um, taxes up to date, your filings up to date, your credit score. Um, keep your credit score good and, and then also have access to some kind of funds because when it's a disaster hit, you're going to need money up front. Um, uh, in the case of the pandemic, the government did send everyone a check. But after that, uh, the bigger checks didn't come for a while. Um, in regard to tax returns and and, and um, FICO score, when you have a hiccup like you're missing a tax return or your FICO score is too low, everyone is filing to get that money. Your file gets kicked out on the side until you get your your paperwork together which means sometimes they run out of funds other one other times it mean uh, other times it means that everyone else is getting ahead of line from you so uh, as money is a, the the lifeline in cases of the disasters you need to make sure the money is flowing that you're uh, applying for whatever you can grant or um, loan-wise, um, just to stay afloat in many cases. So the, the, these are some important things that you should be doing all the time, but it, it's magnified when it, when it comes to a disaster. Great. That makes sense. I'm sure our listeners are looking forward to putting all this advice to use when it comes to preparing. And as I'm thinking about this, we, you know, we, we were referencing COVID. And so as devastating as COVID what are some of the details that we have discussed so far that would be able to support something if it were to happen in a similar scale so that we're, we're looking at where we've just come from 
And for many business owners, that would be the first time that something this devastating has happened in their history of them owning these small businesses. So can you help us understand if something similar was to happen in this scale, what are some of the things that we should be looking at in preparedness? Another thing that I think all businesses should be doing is building their network. Um, whether it's a manufacturer association, the local chamber of commerce, um, in in the Asian community, of course, you have the, uh, for example, whatever Chinese chamber and and so on and so forth. Because information uh, during the disaster, information is shared and disseminated uh, quickly amongst the different organizations. So you're you're probably going to hear uh, the information sooner if you have a network than just trying to go online and find it on your own, as well as who do you contact, who's giving out loans, and who's giving out grants. So with uh, the, the fact that you know other businesses, maybe in a similar industry, um, it's very helpful to have those relations. So you're um, getting the most current information as possible. And in a lot of cases, they can lead you to other resources who can help you in your particular situation. I couldn't agree with that more. As we continue to navigate with our small businesses, that's what we're talking about on our podcast here is how do we connect these resources as a network of people that are trying to support the small businesses? So that makes a lot of sense to me, Daniel. What, and I want to look at kind of the outside support. You've touched on this a little bit, but Any improvement on regulations or requirements that small businesses need to be aware of in regards to disaster preparedness or continuity planning? And again, I'm talking about those outside support elements for a small business. Um, As far as availability from outside support? Yeah, and how how it would support from different regulations or requirements um, for disaster preparedness. Um, you know, that's a tough one. It depends on where you are, what state you are, what city or county. As many of you know, California is one of the most regulated states, and it's hard to keep up on a regular basis, let alone certain things pertaining to uh, disaster per se, and then per, per your industry. Per, perhaps, I, I think a good resource is trade associations as far as... Um, that kind of thing, because they would be more up to date on your particular industry. So another um, resource we've uh, always been working with is is through the state treasurer's office, because um, not only are they familiar with uh, different resources within the state, you know, whether it's a grant or loan program for small business, but they also know where to go to get answers for the many other different industries and government agencies uh, throughout the state. So um, we partner up and and work with the state and the the state treasurer very closely, even to this day, um, to see what's the latest uh, to to help the small business owner to to survive. And, you know, um, we thought coming out of COVID, we all, all be doing real well. And now we're just going into another what seems like (laughs) <laughs> disaster or trying time. So it, it's it's good that we all uh, s- stay working together and communicating and uh, working with our network to, to see what's the best way to survive through the times we are now. 
Great advice. And so what I'm hearing is um, just to kind of repeat that for our listeners. Great advice that you're giving us that we want to reach out to our individual states. So as you are in California and I'm in Georgia, we're going to want to make sure that we reach out to those trade associations, um, the treasurer, and any other of those small business resources that deal with our individual state regulations and requirements. That makes a lot of sense to me, Daniel. Thank you. So switching gears a little bit, I'm pretty sure with all of your interactions with small business owners that you've had many different experiences. And I'm just hoping that you would be able to share a memorable moment that you could share as an example about preparing for a disaster and even further, maybe a story about a recovery of a business or even something of your own businesses that you've um, experienced in this preparedness. Well, one big observation is, um, especially in, in on the SBA um, disaster lending side, is um, no one was really prepared for the pandemic, including the internal uh, back office uh, underwriting and uh, programming and um, analysis of the, the the loans and so forth. And what happens? was that even for the slightest little um, discrepancy, shall we say, uh, on your application, you, your application was kicked out. And for something as little as writing uh, incorporated instead of ink, which is your official, um, when you file for the Secretary of State, that kind of little thing would get you kicked out. And so people don't know, well, I just got kicked out, but they weren't getting any explanation. Um, fortunately, we're, we were able to work with people with, within SBA to determine, well, what exactly is the problem with this one file? And they'll say, oh, you just need to change that to ink. And so, as simple as that, it would get it going. And then, in essence, it, it's a lifesaver just to have that relation to be able to just fix the niche, get it back in processing, and then get the small business owner their money. And this this happened over and over again. You can't really blame SBA. I mean, they were overwhelmed. The the system it's, itself was so onerous, and the magnitude of applications was, was tremendous. But uh, the the fact that um, with a little tweaking and uh, negotiation, where we can get a relation to iron out these little problems, then um, it made. A, tremendous difference to so many different borrowers. They, they might be out of business or, or who knows, at this time, it, we're not there to help them. Now, if we talk about more along the lines of access to capital, financial assistance and funding resources, um, a lot of those things are resources through the SBA and echoing what the Community Navigator Pilot Program is doing through the SBA. I'm wondering what are some of your recommendations for small business owners when we talk about financial assistance and other funding sources? I'll just throw out some ideas there and um, like any tools that you have in your kit that you would recommend. Thoughts about grants. Should a small business, is it critical for them to have business insurance and any other financial assistance programs that you can think of? I know I threw a lot out there, but just kind of encapsulating all of those ideas when we're talking about recommendations for small business owners for financial assistance and funding resources. 
one good thing to always do is have a good relation with your bank. As you know, that um, when the pandemic hit, certain banks were only uh, servicing their own uh, depositors. If your banker doesn't know you, especially if you're a, a, like a larger bank too, then they either kick you out or you're one of the masses. Um, so it, it is always good to have a relation with your banker. Um, of, of course, get your paperwork. Like I said, it's very important to get your paperwork up to date. And as far as the different loan programs, um, we we have um, a network through in California through the Treasurer's Office to list all the new programs, RAT, business loans, what have you. Um, even uh, sometimes on the federal side, we'll, they'll be listed there as well. Our organization tends to look for the, uh, the federal programs and the state um, through the state treasurer's office tends to list the state programs. So those are a lot of resources that um, businesses should make note of so that when the time comes, you're, you're not scrambling to figure out where to go. So th those are a few uh, pointers to be looking out for. Um, Insurance-wise, um, it, it's good to have insurance. It depends it really depends on uh, your business as far as uh, the the uh, urgency and the necessity. Um, a lot of businesses are, are just uh, scraping and make ends meet, and uh, in California, um, insurance rates are are pretty crazy at times. But um, it doesn't hurt to look into it either to see what what's available for your particular industry. And then you can weigh the pros and cons and whether that's going to work for what you do. Thank you for covering over some of those resources for us, Daniel, as far as the financial and insurance inquiries for small businesses. Well, Daniel, this has been another thorough discussion, but I'd like to say that we appreciate you joining us today and hopefully look forward to next time as we continue to navigate businesses together and help our Community Navigator Pilot Program current and future clients. As we bring things to a close, would you mind sharing where business owners located near you or afar, how they can get in touch with you just in case they might need your help or have more questions about the resources and small business resources that you shared with us today. How can we get in touch with you? Well, one way is, at least currently, is through um, the SBA website. If, if you put in Myriad of California, then it would probably direct to our foundation, William Stephanie Foundation. And you can always go to our Facebook as well, William Stephanie Foundation, and our contact information will pop up. So we're very accessible. We try to return calls within 24 hours. And um, we're pretty much uh, able to help uh, businesses, large and small, and in across the board, different industries. So if we don't have the answer, then we can always find the right person to direct you to, to find the answers you need for your business. And we know that is true. Absolutely. In addition, um, our listeners can also go out to uspac.com. We have a special tab on the top left of our website for CMPP, and that'll also bring you to each of our spokes to include uh, the William Stephanie Foundation. So you are definitely accessible over there in California um, and nationwide. Thank you, Daniel, for this wonderful conversation. 
It's been a great opportunity to listen to a seasoned expert such as yourself, learning how to navigate around business requirements, especially for communities that lack access to the support that they need. Thank you to our audience once again for tuning in. We hope you can join us again next time on Navigating Business, a podcast brought to you proudly by the U.S. Pan-Asian American Chamber of Commerce through the Community Navigator Pilot Program and the Small Business Administration. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you to our audience, and please tune in for our next podcast. Thank you.